This is the place where sports opinions collide dead in sports. I'm your host, Kenneth B. Inge. Uh Joining me as usual is FIFO. What it do, what it do, what it do. And on the line is the sixth man, Q. What up, Q? Hey, man, you know what, Ken? What's up? I love my nickname, right? Yeah. But the sixth man is a really fucking dope nickname. He it really to, is. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. And yeah. he comes in the clutch just like a six-man yeah. would. Yeah, nah, it, it, it's dope, man. It's kind of crazy how how that worked out, and I just kind of branded his, his thing, man. Like, it just became his own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's dope. Um, so yeah, tonight, man, we, um, you know, we know we're a day or two late. We were in here last night to like 12, man. 15 Ugh. recording is the mic still on, uh, check that out, man. The podcast is the mic still on podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, getting better e- each week. The response is crazy, um, which I'm loving. Um, check out the homie, the Manny, uh, no, not, see, I keep calling him Manny, <laughs> the technical file podcast, uh, check him out. Also check out the homie Twelve Cow, the Twelve Cow podcast, and Chris Platty's Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk podcast, and um, and of course, man, Dead in Hip Hop, you got to check that out. Subscribe and uh, subscribe to go on SoundCloud, go on SoundCloud and uh, hit that follow button. Trust me, you'll want to do that. Dead in Hip Hop. And, um, and, you know, Dead End Sports everywhere, man. Follow follow us on, on Twitter, social, all the socials. So, um, basketball never stops. It don't, man. It don't. It's crazy. Like, and, and you know, it's, it's, you know what I find fascinating about this this whole thing with Kawhi? Um, you know, people could somewhat say that he sabotaged <laughs> last season um, to force his way out. But... Well, but do you believe that? Let, let's not talk about the people. Let's talk about us. Do you, Kenneth B. Ends, believe that? Use the whole government. It did cross my mind. It, it crossed my mind, you know, um, because that whole situation. We know the the Spurs organization. They don't. They don't. They don't typically mess up like that, you know. Maybe once, but the way they completely turned their back on the Spurs organization. Um, Kawhi, it, it just it just seemed fishy to me, you know. So you, you know, we we've both have played sports, you know. What I'm saying on, on several different levels, several different sports, and I believe if you're not right, you're not right, and only you know that. You know, what I'm saying I'm taking a Shannon Sharp stance. I, mm. I really I really feel that because. It doesn't matter what the injury is. If I go to take off, it don't feel like it used to. I'm going to let you know. And it doesn't matter what nobody says. If I don't feel right, I'm not going. Because at the end of the day, he is jeopardizing a Supermax. You know, obviously, if he walks, he doesn't get it with another squad. But he's willing Unless to Unless he's take traded, that. though, right? Unless he's traded. Yeah. Unless Which he's is traded. why he's pushing for the trade. Exactly. So he could keep his money and go where he want to go. Slick ass. <laughs> but it's leverage, no, though. No, it's smart. It's business. It but... ain't personal. Well, it, the Spurs made it personal. He made it personal. Come on, Ken. So you don't you don't feel no type of way about the head coach using your established veterans to to come at me? Absolutely not, because I believe Pop knew what was up. But what about what Tony Parker said? That's not crossing any lines. Oh, mine was a hundred times worse. That's Pop being Pop. I think Stephen Jackson said that he sent them out there to. To be the voice, of course. To be the goons, and and they did it. They, they, you know, they like like you know, pop military man, you know. So they followed orders, you know. And um and and I think they knew, man. I, and pops no fool, pops yeah, no fool. And I understand that. And you know, he even had to mend his relationship with Lamarcus Aldridge. But my point is, is you're supposed to be able to change with the people you're coaching, right? Which because everybody has somewhat, a, he has uh, he's tweaked the system. But he hasn't tweaked himself. He's he's tweaked himself. He said he had to okay. do that with Lamarcus. Exactly, but obviously not enough for Kawhi. I I, st- I think it's somewhat on Kawhi, man. I, I think it's somewhat on Kawhi. Kawhi is is for all for for all that we know, for everything that he's presented to us, a quiet, reserved, laid back mm-hmm. guy. Kawhi has his henchman. He he his uncle. His mm-hmm. uncle is the one that's going to pull the strings behind the scenes 
and Kawhi's just going to sit back and let them go ahead and be the bad guys to his good guy. And and I think that's I think they see a play in LA. They probably see the play of LeBron going there, and they see a chance to leverage playing against with the best player in the NBA, along with the some call the second or third best player in the NBA when healthy. They see that as money on the money, money man. That's all it is, business. It is business, man. So, but would you trade him to to LA though? I think the way that Pop is maniacal, he won't trade him to an adversary like that. Um, I think if he does trade him, it will probably be to the East. I just think Pop is is that way. I, you know, he's like, if you want to go to LA, sign as a free agent. You know, lose the money, and that's the leverage that the Spurs have. Plus, you know, he's still under contract. Um, if you were Pop, would you trade him to LA with the assets that they have? No, I would trade him to Boston because they have the most assets to get. And up. you could get Kyrie. Who wants to play for you, or at least wanted to play for you? True, um, but honestly, I don't know if I want Kyrie at this point because I think he's injury prone. I think we can officially put that tag on him this year. You know, um, he's had a couple fluky injuries, but he's been out of a lot of playoffs. You know, series. Pop can manage that though. Ah, come on. Um, I I feel that nah. I, I well, like you're gonna put him on the Tony Parker game management plan already. I don't know. And still win like that? Like I don't know, man. Here, I, I, you know what? I'd rather take Jalen Brown and a whole bunch of draft picks because Jalen Brown has a similar skill set to Kawhi. And obviously, I don't think he's going to give you Kawhi level production, but he's a reduced version of him. And plus, you'll get opportunities. And if you were able to draft a Kawhi, mm. you know, a Tony, a Manu, late in the draft, and you get three draft picks. We'll see. But also, I think a big part of this thing is Greg Popovich is saying he doesn't really want to coach past 2020. Yes. So, so I, yeah, so that so that's a big thing for the franchise moving forward because Pop has been the constant, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, through, through all of the eras, through almost 20 years of 50-plus wins. You know, that's 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 hard to lose mm-hmm. and hard to replace. So I think that that factors in as well. So if I can already get a Jalen Brown, obviously in the future we don't know who the head coach is going to be, but I can, you know, if the Spurs can retain R.C. Buford, because obviously he's a GM, um, and I'm pretty sure he could always call Pop and, you know, ask him, you know, his, his opinion on things. Um, I, I, I'll take the draft picks in Jalen, man. I think that that's the best overall trade package that anybody has to offer. Because the Lakers sending Lonzo, okay. But they Especially got, when they got DeJounte Murray. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Similar, you know, I think Lonzo's a better shooter, you know, say at least a more a more willing shooter than DeJounte, a more skillful shooter at this point uh, in his career. And, um, you know, everything else is relatively the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lon- I think Lonzo got better vision, but that's neither here nor there. You know, you pick him up. What are you going to take? Um, who else? Brandon Ingram. Brandon maybe. Ingram. To me, Jalen Brown today, right now, today, is better than both those guys. So I take him plus the future picks. Yeah, I you know, I think the Popovich thing is is really the key factor in that. The fact that, you know, I mean he just you know, he lost his wife. Um, you know, who knows what's going through his head. You know, I don't know the relationship they had. They seemed like they were close, so he probably did spend a lot of time with her, but what if he didn't? And he's like, Man, you know, I don't spend all this time coaching and less time you know, being with my family. We don't know. It's all speculation. But, you know, I think he's just gotten to the point where I just want to just chill. I'm I'm done. And I think he also is smart enough to look ahead and say that it's over for me with yeah. the roster that we have, with the pieces that, you know, that with, with the pieces that are leaving, Manu's done, Tony's done. I mean, that was it. it was, he was David Robinson to Manu Tony. Mm-hmm. And now that they're about to retire, even though Tony's saying he still want to play, and Manu's still saying he want to play, this may be their last year too. Oh yeah. So that's Definitely. it. That's his window. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And you know, I, I I think that the perfect situation for Pop is the one that he's going to undertake in the next Olympics. Because think about if he could just if you look at almost every other country, mm-hmm. right, in global basketball, 
their um, national head coach has been a national head coach for a while. He's coached multiple Olympics. I think that we're at the point where I think Popovich can take over USA basketball and really do something like that. And I think it would benefit him because realistically he would be coaching, you know, part-time, like every two two other years. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. Either the um, – you know those intermediate games. I, I I don't remember the name. You know me and names. If you know you know FIFA. You know I don't be remembering names of stuff. But um, um, but then the Olympics. You know what I'm saying? They so, get to scratch that itch. Exactly yeah. because that's what I was gonna say. Like head coaches never stop coaching. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're always gonna be drawn to the game of basketball in some capacity, whether it's GMing, consulting. But I think this will be the perfect way to be close enough, but not not the daily grind right. of the NBA, the preparation. Because think about it from... Because he has... Uh, ki- Pop has kids, Yeah, right? he has kids. Mm-hmm. Think about it from, you know, a management head coach perspective, mm-hmm. right? When the season's over, the season's not over. You may get a week, yeah, and that's it. Because now you're talking about the draft, free agency, planning, who we're going to get, who we're going to target. You, you have draft boards. You have free agent board. Like, you know, you have to... Meet with these guys, negotiate. Like it's a, it's a lot. Like the, like it doesn't stop for us covering it. Mm-hmm. Imagine for the guys that have to manage it. Right. It's, it, you know, it's crazy. So it is taxing. And I, again, I just think that the perfect situation for Pop is to just focus on the Olympics. Get the best guys. You can run your program how you want to run it. You can be as tough as you want to be. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you're a legendary coach. So you know, for these guys representing their country, they know what they sign up for, and you can push them. And you're gonna be like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna dominate, you know, another forty or however many years. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I'm gonna set the the new foundation, the new blueprint to USA basketball, which would be dope, and you know, uh, almost guaranteed, you know, winning, and um, and you know, um, man, it's just I just it's gonna be hard for me to watch to envision the Spurs without Pop or without that that key piece. So. Um, it, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm trying to pull up uh, some San Antonio news here to see if – because we know they met last night, and I mm-hmm. guess it, it didn't save. Um, but I can say this. I just saw a report that says uh, the Cavs are not shopping Kevin Good Love. Man. I yeah. saw that too. Yeah, which I thought uh, was, seems to be interesting. Uh, because they they gave him, a, what, a five-year contract? So he has, yeah, what, think, four years left? No, hell no, Ken. He has at least, like um, – it's either three or two. Three or two? Mm-hmm. So you got four. Wait. You remember, he, he signed with Cleveland two summers ago. No, how, has how it many, been? No, how, how many straight finals has he been with Cleveland already? Four. Golly. So, yeah, he, he, he may have two or one or two years left. Okay. Well, uh, the latest news, the latest report, and this was five hours ago, uh, is that they're not shopping Kawhi Leonard, but they will field offers. And – you know, I mean, if you're Boston, you're definitely calling because you got things to provide. And if you're mm-hmm. LA, you definitely on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, if I think if you're Philly, I, I, I think I think if I'm San Antonio, Philly has the second best trade package. Who? Markel, Dario, whole bunch of first round picks. I'll take Dario. that. Dario would 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 fit a pop system. Um, but again, they got Dejounte Murray. Yeah, but I think that. Um, What's his name? Markel Fultz. I, I think he's a combo guard. I so think he can play one. I think ah, he's like yeah, James yeah, Harden. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think he can play off the ball. So you will legit keep Ben Simmons as the point? I, yeah, of course. So you wouldn't pull what they did with LeBron nope. and pull him off? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. He got the rock. All right. Well, they said the meeting went good. We don't know. We'll see how that goes. Who, a Kawhi? That's what, that's what uh, Jabari Young said. Hey, wait, wait, what time was that written? June nineteenth, eleven thirty nine p.m. That that's yesterday. As of today, they're talking about. Um, yeah, Stephen A. said something different. Yep, they're talking about that the meeting did not go according to plan, and Kawhi says that the relationship is severed, and he doesn't not he is not going to resign with San Antonio. He mm. doesn't like the way that they handled the whole situation, so it's a wrap. I'm not resigning. That's cool. You could trade me, or you could just let me walk for nothing. What you want to do? What do you think about Paul George looking to go back to OKC? I think that's a money play, but we'll see. We'll see because um, I think Colin Cowherd made a perfect 
um, scenario, or he explained it the best way I've heard it. Sometimes the best isn't the most important or the most valuable, right? Mm -hmm. And when we're looking at Kawhi, LeBron, and Paul George and where they may go, the best is obviously LeBron. The second best is Kawhi, and Paul George is the third, right? Mm -hmm. But for the Lakers, it's most important for them to land Paul George because LeBron isn't going to sign first and be like, well, I hope they get somebody else. But if they land Paul George first, LeBron's like, okay, ah, okay, there's there, there's there's something to work with here now. You know what I'm saying? So now he'll sign and possibly, you know what I'm saying, they still retain a, a lot of those young pieces, could still move those pieces for a swing of Kawhi trade. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, the Lakers are in play to try to get all three of them. We'll see how that plays out. But at the end of the day, it's most important that they get Paul George first. So I think th- that he has to be the first domino. Yeah, the the latest that I'm seeing now is that he may sign a one-year deal with them, which would make sense for him. For um, the Lakers? With with the Thunder. Okay, see? Of yeah, course. so kind of fill it out one more year and, yeah. and see how they go. You know, I had an interesting thought. This is one of my uh, Ken conspiracy theories. Okay. Because I was thinking about him wanting to allegedly – well, wanting to go play for L.A. Um, and I was like, man, did he sabotage that game? He shot so ter- like he was terrible. But he wasn't the only one that was bad. Yeah, but he, it, I don't know, man. He he could have been point shaving, man. He could have been point shaving to on, to get out of OKC. I'm on, just saying. Man. So if he go back to OKC, then then I, I'll I'll kill that one. But I don't know. It's just you know when you're driving, I'm in my commute. I'm driving. I'm looking at news here and then. I'm like, I just thought about the game. I was like, man, he because I'm thinking about LeBron and Paul George, Game Seven versus the Warriors to go to the finals, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about that game with everything on the line and how he played. And I'm thinking about that roster that he had, you know, uh, against the war against everybody in the East and then against the Warriors. And I'm thinking about how at moments in Indiana, Paul George hadn't showed up. And I'm thinking he could, LeBron could somehow end up in the same situation with the guy that doesn't show up in big games. So either he he just either the moment was too big for him, or he was point shaving. I don't know. Ken <laughs> <laughs> conspiracy theories. Yo, we hey, you know what, Ken? I like talking to the people, man, and and I think we need to start segmenting the show. Okay. And I, I, you need your own segment with Ken's conspiracies. <laughs> Real talk. You you need it. You need to come up with at least two three conspiracies a show. Yeah, hey, I can, I can. I see so much stuff out there, man. Who who knows? Um, um, did you see the the um the picture I sent you guys of Laurie Markkinen? Yeah, yeah. Ken, three to five. It takes three to five. I'm telling you, he had a good rookie year though. He did, but 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 the thing is, Ken, like he has, you know, very high all star, almost superstar potential, right? Like you're talking about a legit six eleven, seven foot with range, ball mm-hmm. skills. Plays defense, is a grinder, has a motor. It's not like super hyper like Kenneth Faree, but he has a motor. He keeps going, mm-hmm. right? And now he's packing on size. That's going to be a problem. But at the end of the day, the biggest teacher in basketball is experience. So you can get your body and all of that right, but you still have to go through those ups and downs. And that's the reason why getting playoff experience for a young team is so paramount. That's why I said, like, for Philly, that was amazing for them to get – to get bounced the way they got bounced. Oh, they learned a lot. They learned a lot. (laughs) And guess what? Next year, they still not ready, but because they're so good, next year's jump for them may be the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm, And depending on, you know, what happens with Boston, even what happens with their own squad, because if, you know, you get a Kawhi or LeBron, that takes you over the top. But as presently constructed, you get more experience, that's going to be the best teacher for them. You know, so... Yeah, nah, they, I, I like him a lot. They, they, that kid, you know, he, he got game, man. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what – because, you know, he wasn't expected to play as much as, as he played this year. I think it was an injury that, that ended up uh, putting him in the starting lineup and they just couldn't take him out. Mm-hmm. And, you Partly know, he, why they traded Meritick. Yeah, he was, put, he was putting in work. Yeah, they didn't need him anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm curious to see where, where he goes because, you know, I, I don't know much about – you know, these international guys or guys like mm-hmm. that. So, 
Uh, wait, no, he wasn't. No, he no, played. He, he played, played college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I still didn't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, you have to see how they perform in the NBA. You just never know. And he was just some guy that was around for me that I never heard of, and he balled out. Yep. And he was he was he was giving dudes work. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. sure was. Now, did, so. did did you see the picture of Lonzo? Mm-mm. Lonzo swole too. Look it up. Oh man, let me see what. Let me L- see L- what Lonzo out here getting about, swole too. They about to get rid of his ass. They're not. Not yet. Shh, not watch. yet. Hey, if he keep if he keep uh, doing these diss tracks, <laughs> nah, they, it's a wrap. Yeah, I, they, I think Magic had that talk with him. It's a wrap. I don't think nothing else like that is gonna happen. No, nah, probably not. But uh, wait, just Google Lonzo search. shows off summer bodies. Yep. That's it. Yep. I'll put this on the dead end sports. Uh, is this him and Leangelo? I mean, well, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he has on put now. on some muscle. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna give him his props. Pull up a rookie picture, bro. Nah, you I'm know gonna give him his props. Was... Yeah, he was thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. And thin. we went to the game. We saw okay. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I look at you, Lonzo. Hope that, well, you know, packing on muscle. Yeah, well, see that. That's why I take three to five, Ken. The first year, you know, guys are gonna physically improve. You know, uh, and it depends on your body type. Yeah. Because look at Anthony Davis, right? Like, second year, he still wasn't bigger. And like, Kevin Garnett didn't get any bigger either. <laughs> well, he got a little bit bigger, but, you know. But it was, he was, like, skinny strong. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. he was just, like, cut. He was like Bruce Bruce Lee. J- just like KD. You look at KD's rookie, you know, uh, pictures versus what he is now. He's mm-hmm. not small, but he's thicker. He got man weight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? These these, these are babies. Hey, I, I, I don't. I gotta ask because I saw a video, mm-hmm. and then I saw them talking about getting getting rid of the one and done rule uh, in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I remember LeBron saying he want to play with his kid. We mm-hmm. floated that idea out there. We're probably not the only one that you know saying that he's probably gonna stay to play with his kid. He mm-hmm. says that would be an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron's kid. He looks all, as good as LeBron mm-hmm. might end up being. The goat. We it's way too early. No, it's and, not too early. No, you, hey, look, it's you, not too early. No, 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 it's you, not too early. You, you, no, no, no. Now here's the thing, though. I've watched him play, and he has some things that are just you know it, it's just natural and it's instinctive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the passing, he has daddy's passing. Yep. He has the gift of pass. He has that. Uh, right now, it looks like he got a better jump shot than his daddy. Mm-hmm. It just, it just LeBron like, has said that. You know, uh, he got a better jump shot. Um, but physically. You know, and he is growing. He is growing. I think D Wade's kid is gonna be nice, Zaire. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's long now. Too. He, he like he's starting to sprout. Okay. LeBron's kid still hasn't sprouted yet, so we'll see. But no, he's nice. I don't know about the goat yet, Ken. Because because at the end of the day, like as the stakes get higher, we'll see how he performs. Right, right. But here here's why I say that. Let let's just say he's like the complete template of LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of skills, ability, probably a better jump shot coming into the league. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing? And we, we don't know this yet. We have to, to your point, we have to see it play out. But I'm just thinking, I'm, my dad is the best player in the league, and I'm hearing all of this noise. Mm-hmm. You're probably watching the game with like, man, dad, go get him, go kill him. Like he, in other words, he may have the killer instinct. By watching that, his dad. By watching his dad. Yeah. Now, if he is the Le- the template of LeBron mm-hmm. with that Jordan killer instinct or just just hearing all of the noise, mm-hmm. why not? Why not? If he's yeah. everything that like LeBron is coming into the NBA and then he adds that on top, I mean, you still got to win the championships. You still have, have, need those intangibles. The MVPs, you know, you yeah. know, all of that. You need all of that. But, you know... At the end, I just feel that it's it's going to come down to a physical perspective because if he's a six three point guard, it's hard to be the goat because as nice as Steph Curry is, as nice as Russell Westbrook, Kyrie, all of the are they going to go down as the so we goat? Be at least about six six. Jordan's was six six. At least, and and I always say it because you there's a certain level of physicality you have to have in any professional sport that a small guy just can't have. That's why point guards need bigger guys. You know what I'm saying? To impose physical will. Like, CP, little guys should take over the game, but they can't physically impose their will. Mm-hmm. We've seen LeBron. Phys- like, you're not going to get a shot. I'm going to block it. I'm, You know, I'm too big, too strong, too powerful. CP can't overpower nobody. He can't. Oh, he can outskill you, 
But if I need a body of big, he can't just move anybody out the way. So we got some boxes to check. Yeah, he got some boxes. To check. He, he got to check some boxes, and yeah. I think that if he if he's big and physical enough, six six to six nine range. Oh yeah, he has an opportunity. But 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 we'll see how his skill set plays out. We'll see the type of player he becomes. You know, because he's still a kid and he still plays like a kid. But you can see the flashes of greatness. Mm-hmm. But as he gets older and more mature, we'll see. We we yeah. just have to see. Ken, it's way too early. Yeah, I mean, you know, because Zaire looks nicer to me right now. Like, if I had to pick between LeBron's kids, but isn't and Zaire, he older? Uh, like maybe like a year or two. I don't think he's much much older. Yeah, no, nah, I, 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 I think I think Wade's kid is gonna have some game. Well, oh, no, yeah. He, yeah, he he got oh, yeah. game. That, no, he's gonna make the league. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what he is? He got he has his dad's game, mm. but with a with a, with a deeper jumper, and he's a lefty. Because Wade never really had he had mid range. Yeah, he had the mid range game down, but he didn't really. He, never, he still doesn't have a three point shot. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that, that you know that's actually gonna be kind of crazy. Yeah, to start because seeing their kids. Play. Yeah, because typically the kids don't Mm-mm. you know turn out to be anything, you know. And, and this is a different era. Remember what I told you? They're gonna have to expand the NBA, Ken, because. The way that these kids are training at a much earlier age, they're more ready. They're more seasoned. They're more skillful. They've played more basketball time. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, that's why I say skip college. Get to what it is. Get to, train. Pack on the pounds on your body. Be a professional. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't need college if you want to. If you're that good to play in the NBA. Go straight to the pros. And I'm not saying for everybody, but I'm just saying kids nowadays. It'll be survival of the fittest anyway. It will be. If, if you're not good enough, the league will get rid of you. Exactly. And here's the thing. I think that, you know, back in the KG days, the Kobe days, there was only like maybe one or two per draft that can come out of high school. Well, I, we had the, the Bulls, Curry and, uh, and, and Tyson, uh, Tyson Chandler. Yeah, and Tyson Chandler. Yeah, mm-hmm. but – I mean, but Tyson's still in the league collecting checks. Yeah, but you know he 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 managed to find a role, but um, he was good enough. Like, but yeah, to your to your point, yeah, there's really only like one or two to come you know, out of high school. Yeah, and that's today, going to dominate exactly today. Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably closer to five or six that mm-hmm. could come out of high school and have an impact. Not saying dominate, but they can have an impact year one. Yeah, you can see it. Well, I know that. I I think. Way's kid, LeBron's kid, definitely are reasons why they are going to get rid of that rule because they don't want to send that off to college and let them eat off of that. If they can go ahead and make money off of them right now, mm-hmm. as soon as they turn 18, why not? Mm-hmm. And then to think about, like, and you know, rules are rules or whatever, but, like, your dad got a chance to play without college. And if you're as good as your dad, what kind of bull mm-hmm. BS is that? Like you see, I'm just as good as my dad. Why do I have to go off mm-hmm. and go off to college or go over overseas? Like it doesn't make any sense. So I think Adam Silver is trying to get ahead of the curve, and that's why he, you know, he's he's floating that out now. The one thing we, oh, go ahead. I, I think I, I think another aspect to this whole getting rid of one and done because think about like a kid in college, mm-hmm. they can't even have a monetized YouTube channel. As soon as they start to make money off their likeness, they no longer um, they start to violate NCAA policy. I can't even have my own YouTube. So, so I, like I, I just think that it's asinine. I think the NCAA, if they want to be able to stay kind of in the game, they got to change a lot of the rules. They, they in have terms to, of players being able to monetize themselves. their likeness, yes, because the one that done is the NBA rule. So they're the ones that's preventing this from happening. So. Because some kids can go to college, should go to college. You yeah. know? But, but but it's just, I, I just always felt it's, it's, it's not incentivized for them to go. And then also, I always talk about the game. 35-second shot clock, they get the NBA 24. Mm-hmm. Put pressure on these kids. You know what I'm saying? Speed it up. Why are we playing this slow down, pace down, gain hella fouls? Yeah, I, I, I hate watching it. Yeah. That's why I only watch the NBA guys. Yeah, no. It, it, Prepare it's them tough for to the pros. Yeah, it, it, it's tough to watch. Um, the big news today I, it completely slipped my mind. Dwight, Dwight Howard. Oh yeah, yeah, Man. yeah. Talk about a fall from grace. A guy that we thought was going to be at, at one point he was the next great big in in the NBA. Like he was his he was on that path when he was in Orlando, but. I think I and you know my, my Ken validate this for me. 
Okay. During that playoff run where they beat Cleveland to play Atlanta Finals, mm-hmm. what was my strategy for Orlando? Double team Dwight. No. No, no, no. Stick with the shooters. My bad. They double teamed Dwight, which is how they got ran off the court. Exactly. And I said, stick with the shooters. Let Dwight score 50. Because at that time, right, that was his prime, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was never a skillful big. So the next great big, I think, is extremely lofty. It's just because he was able to dominate because he had four other shooters. So so for Mm. me, so for me, offensively, he never developed the skill set. And I saw it even at that time. That's why I said, don't 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 let the shooter shoot. Let Dwight score 50 because I, Dwight can't score 50. I think he had a lot of promise, though. I, I think people were looking at him like that. I, I, he, and, and you know what? And that's the reason why he's falling. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Replace Dwight with Shaq. Would you have still followed the same strategy? Hell no. You got double Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq had an offensive game. Shaq was skillful. Was he that skillful? He, he became skillful. No, but but you you, you know what Shaq Shaq's skill offensively was understanding how you're playing him. So he used his size and his weight to his advantage. He was like he he was like a big man jujitsu guy out there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this is where you're putting pressure. I'm gonna just spin off of here. And remember, to be that big, he was extremely nimble and he was quick with his spins. Go on YouTube right now and, and just watch. I watched the yeah. the um the Nick Anderson's uh, with the steel okay. game. I watched that. And, you know, the funny thing about that game, they called mm-hmm. a lot of uh, hand check files, too. It was, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. We, we talk about the hand checking rules. They actually did call it a lot. I was really surprised. I kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. But I did watch that game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the NBA is kind of still the same. same. You know, <laughs> that was the other takeaway. The I, biggest I difference? The, the, the three-point shot. Just yeah, the, the three-point shot. The was, volume. Yep, that's yep, it. That's that was the, it. That's the biggest difference. The game was still the game. It exactly. felt like I was still watching the same game. It's, exactly. Yeah. And by the mid-90s, the, all that physicality of the 80s was already out the league. Yeah. It, it was more physical than it is now. But, it, but, but they started working towards that freedom of movement. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, but Shaq, Shaq you know, he, he was – like, he didn't have a lot of offense to him at but that time. But he didn't need to because he was so big and quick. But wasn't and, that was kind of like Dwight Howard, though? No, but but Dwight never had the same feel. Shaq is a very underrated passer. Dwight was never the same level of passer as Shaq. Like, like Shaq was just an overall better player offensively. He, he, I'll give him that. He he was. I, I thought Shaq was just... Like, you know, everybody says he's the dominant force. Mm-hmm. Like, he was so big, you couldn't stop him. That's why I thought he was somewhat overrated. Nah. Because there was nothing you could do with him. What, do, what are you going to do with that? So, you know, of course he's going to have an advantage over everybody else. But 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 not everybody understands how to use it, right? JaVale McGee physically has an advantage almost over anybody in the NBA. Does he know how to use it? Absolutely not. If you can, can. I thought about the finals. Bro, how, how you miss a wide open dunk like that? You double clutch. A layup, and then you get hung under the rim when you're 7-1. Come on, Ken. This man was in a dunk contest and got hung under the rim in the finals, right? Yeah. But give me 7-1. Give me JaVale McGee's body. I'll turn the NBA upside down, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, Shaq knew how to use it. Just because he didn't have as many skills as Olajuwon or the shooting touch of Patrick Ewing. He developed them late in his career. The hook yeah, shot. Yeah, the hook. He yeah, had, he, had, he, had a, he had moves. He, extended, he yeah. extended it out, right? Because he still had the hook Because that's when on. I couldn't hate on him anymore. That's when I was like, oh, God. I he had the hook him. early on. It was just a lot closer to the rim. Yeah. As he got older, it moved further away. But he I had still more of a think touch. outside of, you know, I give you the point about him knowing how to use, you know, his physical attributes mm-hmm. that he had over everybody else. But I still think somewhat just based off their their athleticism alone, mm-hmm. their their size alone. Because they mm-hmm. were, I think, before Shaq became like the real yeah, as yeah, yeah, Optimus yeah. Prime Diesel, yeah. they was Shaq was skinny. Yeah, but he was strong though. But they he were still strong. their frames were were similar. Exactly. You know, and I think their first four years, you know, I, you know, Dwight to five. Three to five, Ken. It's the FIFA rule. He and you know he left, went to what, L.A. Mm-hmm. and he fell off the map. Kobe got him. Okay, we we not Co- that, Kobe. That, that, Kobe look, destroyed look, look, Dwight Howard. Let, let, let. You talk. You talking about uh, um in the finals? No, 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 no. Well, no, no, no. You not the finals. I'm talking about when he left Orlando. Oh, or, oh. Because that was that was his last year in Shaq. Orlando, My wasn't bad. it? Yeah, I thought you were talking about Shaq. I thought you were talking about didn't Shaq. he didn't he leave Orlando after that finals? Um, I have to fact check. 
Or was it? No, wait, no, 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 no. And then they had fell off. Yeah, 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 yeah. He played one more year. He had came. Yeah, because I watched that finals at Brown's house because that's when LeBron hit that three, and I was like, okay, now that saved the series. I thought they were going to come back and win it. They didn't, and you know we didn't get a chance. Yeah, but look, digressing. So I didn't know you guys. Yeah, to 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 Dwight Howard, right? He he he. He was heralded as the next great big, but I, but he never had the offensive skill set. He was going to be the next great defensive big. I don't think he, he de- took the time to develop the skill set. But that's what he wanted to do, right? And that's the reason why he's falling from grace because every other place he's demanded to get the rock, right? Like when he went to um to Houston, mm-hmm. he wanted the rock in the post, right? Everywhere he's gone since Orlando. He's wanted to be the dominant offensive center. Right. And and that's the reason why he's falling off, because he's not that. He's never been that. And if he wanted to develop that, he never obviously right, took the time right. to get it. I, I, I pulled up the stats. Yeah, he, 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 he didn't come close to Shaq. <laughs> not at all. Come on, Ken. He, he had one year where he averaged 22 points. And Shaq, Shaq. was getting like 30s in the, in the finals <laughs> and stuff, bro. Yeah, he, he, never, he never took his game to another level, man. Yep, he never great did. Great defensive big, not the next great nah, big. Now, he was a master at grabbing, grabbing rebounds, 14, 15, but, yeah, mm-hmm. offensively, and he blocks. never, he never. I, I know he had more blocks than level. Shaq, and he, he out-rebounded Shaq, but Shaq got him on the points. He spent one year in L.A., and they got his ass up out of there. <laughs> yeah. Al Kobe, you too soft, man. Well, maybe they put something on him that he he obviously didn't didn't have. You know, and and that was, I guess, looking at him, I guess maybe just his build Mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, this guy could be Shaq. And, yeah, Shaq came out the gate. Like, his first year, he was putting up 23 Mm -hmm. and 13. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he never had a a year averaging less than – except when he started to fall off. Yep. Miami, last year in Miami. Mm -hmm. Not last year in Miami, but second to last year, something like that. But that was he was on the tail end of his career. That's when he was doing seventeen and thirteen, and he wasn't really playing. And he was putting up Dwight Howard numbers. He was putting up oh, Dwight Howard. Oh, numbers. when I'm falling off, <laughs> barbecue chicken. That's why Shaq be going at him. No, he's not the Diesel. He's not Superman. Yeah, Shaq. Shaq used to kill him, man. Shaq used to kill him. Yeah. So okay, all right. Well, uh, that settles that. But man, I still think his career is just amazing to see just how he just has fallen off. It is it, it and you know it's it's all on him, man. It's it's kind of crazy, but and now you being traded for Mozgov, Mozgov, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but but you know, look, Mozgov's got a ring. He do, <laughs> but you but you look look Ken, when your game is predicated on athleticism, that shit don't. Oh. He still had a pretty decent year in. In uh in in Charlotte, he was still averaging a double double. Of course, but he, he's so big. He's going to. Yeah. You're going to. You're you're a walking double double. That's what it is. But at the end of the day, when your game is predicated on athleticism, when you don't develop a skill or an overall skill set, you're gonna struggle. Like you're not gonna have old man game. Right, I talk about it all yeah. the time. Old man game. James Harden at forty is gonna be able to hit you with the step back. It it, it, it you. Bro, I'm old as hell. I'm nowhere near as quick as I was. But the step back, still nasty. And your old man game, at least Dwight Howard's old man game, might be Mozgov. <laughs> Mozgov is better because he and, got a jumper. And two second round picks. Exactly. Yeah, that's what you're worth right now. Yeah, man. So, you know, but how do you feel about Brooklyn in it? Because you know what? Look, let's be honest. We got to give some credit where credit is due. They've been able to retool that squad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, after the heist Danny Ainge pulled on them. But when you look at the fact that they got D'Angelo uh, Russell. Got, they got, yeah. They Din, got Jaleel. Dinwiddle, whatever his name is. Spencer. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. I just call him Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Levert. Mm-hmm. Ka- Ka- Kyrus Levert, something mm-hmm. like that. And they also have uh, uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So, so so they got guys now. You know, like, like, like they can, in the East, potentially be playing for an A spot. Yeah, not knowing because based on what happened in in Philly, for all we know, Javale Jale- Okafor could be Dwight Howard. <laughs> you know? But you know, I think that's kind of telling that they traded for him. They had him for at least half the season. And, he was out of shape, and they still traded for Dwight. 
because they think that he could be like uh I think they think he's soft. You know, I think Philly Philly did a number on him, man. You got you talking about a guy that that won everywhere and then you get to Philly and and you know, you basically get emotionally you get abused. You know, so and he he couldn't handle it. You you're losing on purpose. He's not used to that and you're out fighting people and stuff and and then you just you you have a poor attitude. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he and he just stopped working. Then you get out of shape. Then you go to now you go to to the Nets. You should have been able to play there. I know mm-hmm. they got that guy Jared. They also got the other big, uh Jared Allen. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they got him. So, you know, so they got like three bigs there. So, you know, who who knows what's going to happen. So, it's you know, Okafor might turn out to be absolute nothing. Bust. Yeah. And and it's his fault because he has the requisite tools to be a player in this league, but the league is I mean, you grown men and you will get eaten alive, and he got ate alive, and and you know he's been like he's been coddled. He hasn't been able to respond, and now you're gonna be he's a bum, huh? He's a bum. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a year, Q. A, I'm gonna give. I, I want to see. A bum, dude. He's a bum. He, he can't. He can't. He can't do anything in the NBA. But like it's 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 bad, man. They like they. He had like. Towards the last half of the season for Brooklyn, he had like I think almost twelve did not plays because the coach didn't want to activate him. Uh, he came into last season with Philly, uh, trying to this whole trying this whole vegan warrior diet, <laughs> uh, lost like twenty pounds, and he just can't switch on anything, man. He, he takes way too long to get into his offense. He doesn't know defensive sets, and he pouts when he doesn't get the ball. He doesn't get the ball because. NBA offense is like two seconds or less now. He wants to take 10 seconds off the clock to post the guy up and get a bad turnaround later. Like, it's just it's just bad, man. He's just not a good player in the NBA. And I think it's because he, he pouts. Team, maybe if he went to a team when they drafted him uh, that was really excited to have him instead of a team that was forced to take him then maybe something could have been different. But his tools just aren't there, man. He's just not a big for the modern game. If you send your little back to 1985, he'd be a fantastic player with, like, probably MVP aspirations. But in today's NBA, you cannot have a back-to-the-basket center that does not know how to do anything on defense, doesn't know how to pass, and only has a couple of good post moves. No, no, he, wait, hold on, Q. Don't don't disrespect Jaleel. He got more than a couple of good post moves. The the problem with Jaleel, the problem with Jaleel is the fact that he doesn't have fifteen foot extended range. You see what I'm saying? Because it because if you can mix the two, then you can play uh, on the court. You know what I'm saying? Because once you get him faced up and you blow by or you hit the jumper on a couple of times, then you get him in the post. You you got the defense all helter-skelter. They don't know how to guard you. But the fact that he does not have a mid-range game is what kills him. In the NBA today, everybody has to be able to be 15 foot and out. If you can't shoot from 15 foot and out, you have no place in this NBA. Yeah, I feel it. I just think that the difference with Jalil is the fact that even if he did have a 15-footer, there's not many guys in the NBA, uh, as, as like starters when it comes to big man. As a big man in the NBA, you have to be able to switch on more than two positions. You have to be able to go out on the perimeter at least sometimes, and you have to know your defensive set. And the biggest problem with, with Jalil in Philly and in Brooklyn is the fact that Coaches just don't really rock with his work, work, his work ethic. His work ethic is very questionable. And as a big who does good post moves or whatever, that's not enough. You have to be able to switch the positions. And I can't, you can't name a big in the NBA that can't do that now. Everyone from Embiid to Gobert to Capella, all the way down to guys who come off the bench like Jordan Bell, JaVale McGee. Uh, you have guys even like Jokic who can switch onto other guys, can get into their offense quickly, can make the correct pass. I'm not saying you have to be Jokic, but Clint Capella knows when to pass that ball to James Harden. He knows um, – Gobert knows when to pass the ball to Donovan Mitchell. Joel Embiid knows when to pass. Jaleel Okafor just doesn't have that cerebral game. He's like, okay, there's a double team coming. Let me whip this ball to D'Lo real quick in the corner. He will try to double team and go right at the double team, and he'll turn the ball over. 
And that is the infuriating things that make coaches be like, you know what, you're not playing because I'm not seeing any improvement. I think so he was. what I'm seeing with this whole Dwight thing is mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is we're seeing slowly he's going to be overseas very, very soon, if not in by next year. I just think Jaleel was in a, a, a poisonous situation, a toxic environment, you know, and, and – I, again, you, I think you said it best. He, he pouts, and the pouting affected everything else, his development, you know, and it, it just didn't work out. So he he stopped working. So I just want to see what he what he does. Well, here, the, uh, going to the Dwight Howard thing, I think I don't think he's going to be out the league. The only way he's out the league if he wants to be out the league. But the NBA has a way of humbling you, and I think that you know he still views himself as a very high paid player. And he's no longer that. Once this contract is over, he'll be lucky if he gets $8 million a year. Stack your chips. Exactly. So (laughs) what he needs to do is understand where he is now in the league and come off that bench and still get them checks. Because I think he – can you imagine Dwight Howard being your backup center? If, if, if you're if you're good enough to the point where your center is better than Dwight Howard and you're bringing Dwight Howard off the bench, mm-hmm. you're talking about a, a, a very powerful second lineup. So I think Dwight, and if he doesn't do it, again, the NBA and the market will do it to him. Yeah. He just needs to humble himself. He's not the guy he once was. Obviously, whenever you're an athlete, and especially if you felt that you know some of your best years were robbed, from you due to injury and all of that, you still hold yourself in very high regard. And you may not view yourself the way everybody views you, you know, but I just think he has to humble himself. And if he's able to come off the bench for a squad, that that I think that that is going to be his future role. Yeah, and I think he's headed down that path uh, w- with the quickness. I, yeah, so anyway. Right. Okay, final question. I, I have two questions for you all. I mean, I had this on, on my docket. Final question. Cool. Uh, my scenario is this. All right, San Antonio gets on the phone. This is draft night. And we got guys, and we, we have a couple teams. I'm going to ask you all. Uh, the scenario is this. So San Antonio's on the phone, and they're talking to a couple teams. They say, look, you can trade for him, but I don't think he's going to resign. All right, now we're obviously talking about Kawhi Leonard here, but I think what is interesting is that the teams that I'm going to talk uh, put out to you all, do they say yes and try to convince him when they sign him or, I mean, uh, when they trade for him or probably during the year of, hey, look, what's better than this? You're winning. You have everything that you want. Your box office, right? Or do they just say, no, it's not a guarantee. We can't do it. Uh, obviously, every team would love to have Ka- Kawhi's uh, 100% guarantee that, yeah, I'll, I'll resign there. But we do know that a lot can change within a year. You know, certain guys can say, you know, I'm done and then come back. And then we saw that with LaMarcus Aldridge last last year in the Spurs. He went to he went to Pop the same way Kawhi did. So I went out. And then Pop said, no, you're staying. And I'm going to prove you because I'm going to get you the ball. And he had a great, great year this year. So the first thing I'm going to send out to you, with the with the scenario, if you're the if you're the GM, which we, which we don't have a GM for this scenario because it's the Sixers, uh, the Sixers are on the phone with the Spurs, and the Spurs say, look, we'll give you Kawhi for Markel Fultz, Dario Saric, and number ten, but we don't know if he's going to resign. If you're Philly, so I'll start with I'll start with Ken. We'll go to Bebo. Would you say yes to that and try to convince him, or you should just leave that alone because then you're left with nothing if he bounces to L.A.? I will leave it alone. I will leave it alone um, because he's made it very clear that he wants to go to L.A., and I'm not giving up my number one pick um, for for that. Yeah, I understand that because I don't know if he'll be – enough to win a championship that year. Now, if I thought he was the piece, like if I made the Houston Conference Finals and he was the one piece we needed to get to the finals and with him being able to guard Kevin Durant, yeah, I would I would look at that, but nah, I, I would I would I would keep Markel Fultz and and see what happens with that um and not give up my assets. I completely disagree. Of course you do. <laughs> I completely disagree, mainly because, um, first of all, I, I, will, I will call Kawhi's bluff in losing out on $80 million. 
uh, mainly because, look, you don't like pop, but you're familiar with our system, right? And Brett Brown is the player's coach guy, so he's not going to get on him like pop. You're familiar – you're going to have familiarity with what we're trying to do, so the learning curve is going to be a lot smaller. Um, also – you know, your uncle operates out of, what is that, uh, New Jersey. So you're closer to the East Coast now, right? You're closer to your management and the people your brain trusts. Um, also, you're playing with, with two of the best up-and-coming stars right now in the NBA. You know, future faces of the league. And while you're currently a face of the league. Um, and realistically, if they had Kawhi, they would have beat Boston. I, I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. You you take away Dario Saric and you take away Markel Fultz that didn't play, and you add Kawhi to that, and 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 they beat Boston. I I, I just that's too much. I I don't I you know as as nice as Jason Tatum was, we saw he had moments against Braun, but he, he no match. He just he, you too young, youngin. You 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 need you need to get these mango seasons under your belt. And mm-hmm. I think Kawhi would have you know put him in his place. So I take the risk. Mainly because I'll try to call him on his bluff of leaving eighty million on the table. Is LA that promising to you? What do they have? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do they have? Because if you, because if you didn't get traded there, you got traded here. And let's say Paul George and LeBron sign there, you can't sign there. So you're gonna you're gonna pick one of the other twenty nine teams and leave eighty million on the table. I'll call you on it. I play poker, Ken. Well, you know he already has a ring. So championship is not high on his list. So I think LA has everything outside of that. Right. Right. All right. So the second scenario that we got is we got Danny Ainge on the phone. Same scenario, except the offer is we get the Sacramento pick, which will I think it's top five protected. I think so. I think anything outside of five, they get it. Uh, if they don't, I think Boston gets it. So it's a pretty good pick. Um, so we have we have the Sacramento 2019 pick. We have Jalen Brown. We have two second round picks. Does San Antonio and Boston agree to terms? Who wants to add more? Who wants another piece? And they know that Kawhi is not giving 100 percent. Yes, he's giving a we'll see, you know. But I still want to go to LA. If you're Denny Ainge, do you take that risk to add him with Gordon Hayward? Or I'll start with Sipo first, actually. Yeah, um I I'm 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 take I'm taking that risk too. Um mainly because again, I'm I'm gonna call him on his bluff, you know, especially if LA signs PG and LeBron this offseason, financially they won't have the room to to sign they they'll literally have to gut the entire roster, just have PG and Bron and maybe one or two minimum contract or rookie deals and get Kawhi and start from scratch. I I, I just to me, that does not make much basketball sense, especially when all three of them play relatively the same position. I just, I, it doesn't make sense to me. So again, I'll call him on that bluff because, with, with again, you put Jason Tatum at the two and Kawhi at the three, and you trade Gordon Hayward for something else. You know, come on, man, like that's plus Kyrie. Oh my God, how do you, how do you beat that in the East? So with the, with, with, with the fact that you're winning, with the fact that you, that you could get the most money here. I'll call him on the bluff. Go ahead and pick another 2019, 29 other teams and leave 80 million on the table and the possibility of winning more championships. Go ahead and leave that. I I, I dare you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with. What do you think, Because it's like Boston, if you add, think about this in, in context. You have Kyrie at your one. You probably put um, you probably put Kawhi at your two, Gordon Hayward at your three. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Tatum at your three. Hayward at your four and Horford at your five. You can switch all. You can switch virtually everything besides the one. And Kyrie can guard probably a couple smaller threes. But are you taking that risk if you're Danny Ainge, or do you like Jalen Brown's upside? I know Celtics fans say that he could be the next Kawhi. You know what I'm saying? So why why would we trade a younger Kawhi and a cheap and a cheaper one for Kawhi? The thing is though is that your window is right now though because Horford is older. So Keep that in context. Do you think that Danny Ainge would take that risk, or is it another no for him? I think he would take that. I, I would, because that's a title. Like that's 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 a title. You got a guy that can get any, you know, that can score at will. You got Kawhi, who's clutch, who's a defensive stopper. 
you know, you got the the young the young gun and and Jason Tatum. You got Gordon Hayward's back. And you got Horford. Like that that's the title. You're gonna win the championship with that. So yeah, I would I would take that chance. You know, adding in everything that 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 FIFO uh, said in in terms of the money. Um, I don't think he would run away from that. Um, and I and and the thing about Boston is that they know how to take care of their guys. They know how to make their guys feel special, and that city will make Kawhi feel special. And I think things like that matters to Kawhi, especially if he can't get the the lifestyle that L.A. Uh, would offer him. So um, championships, you're you're a, a local hero, and um, and and you know, I, I, and and money. So I think that will be enough for for him to stay. And if I'm Danny Ainge, yeah, I'll, I'll take that because um, I get a ring, and, and that's what you want to do. You want to you want to win win a ring, and you want to do it with the guys and the moves that you made, so um, you can validate everything you've done. And that would be one that I would do. All right, the last scenario that I have now, you're gonna obviously think like, why would I do this? He's gonna come to me for free anyway. But if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, if you're Rob Polinka, you're Magic Johnson, and your thinking is that, okay, if I get on the phone with R.C. Buford and Popovich, I have to make a good offer. So why not try Kuzma and Ingram first? They probably say no because they want a point guard of the, of the, of the future. You probably say no, Lonzo's off, off, off the table. But after a while, Kawhi, the the prospect of a Kawhi being traded there leaves you the opportunity to still sign LeBron and PG. So you're thinking if you're Rob Polinka and Max Johnson is this price might feel steep right now, but to pitch to LeBron and PG in free agency, this three-headed wing monster is, hey, we already have him here. All you gotta do, all you all have to do is just sign on the dotted line. Everything else is in place. So if you're the Los Angeles Lakers and then the Spurs, then you can have Kawhi, but we're going to need some picks, probably second-rounders, much of second-rounders, right, or maybe a first-rounder, and we want Lonzo and we want Ingram. If you're Rob Polinka, you're Magic Johnson, do you say yes, or do you hold out that you can get a better deal in the summer? Do you try to just sign him straight up if PG doesn't come, or do you just leave it up to chance? Or do you go right now, seize the moment, and possibly you know, start up the dream of having PG, LeBron, and Kawhi? I'll start with you, folks. That was a lot cute. What, like, give me just just break it down to to the bare minimum at the end. Lonzo, Lonzo picks. And, and Ingram for Kawhi. If you're Rob Polinka, do you say yes or no to San Antonio? And we're talking the off season, not regular season, right? We're talking about we're talking about off season because then you have the prospect to sign both PG and LeBron because you've already traded for Ka- Kawhi. That. That that that's tough because because it, it, again it goes to my scenario like you 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 really want to get three guys that play the same position. I just I I don't know man that that that's just that's tough for me to swallow as a GM unless you are saying LeBron you're gonna be our point guard even though LeBron stated he wants to play more off the ball. So I I just I, I don't know how it works. So for me I have to say no. Because basketball-wise, I still need a point guard. And obviously, you're going to have to sign one in free agent, in free agency. I don't know who you're going to get because it ain't going to be CP, obviously, when you got three max guys already and the guy that can sign a super max. Um, I, 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 just, I don't like it as a basketball fit, all three of them. Any two out of the three, I'll take. All three of them, I will not take. So, it, so for me... I, I can't do it because if I if I make that trade and I get Kawhi, obviously LeBron is gonna come now and I could care less about PG. But then what do what what's the rest of the roster? You know, I, I just I can't do it. So I no, nah, I, I wouldn't do it. You know what? I I wouldn't do it um mainly because look, you're magic. You need to make a splash, right? So you're gonna get LeBron, you may get PG. 
But even if you get LeBron, that's good enough. Um, I need to see another year of Ball and Ingram to know what I got. And by the time the offseason comes again, I already know that he's a free agent. He's going to come here anyway. So I've had a ch- another year to basically evaluate my current assets and, um, and you know, if PG doesn't sign here and I just have LeBron, then I know I have room to get uh, Kawhi, to sign Kawhi as well. So, yeah, because right now PG is talking about he's going to sign a one-year deal to stay in OKC, one- or two-year deal to stay in OKC. So if I only get LeBron, I have the money for him. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, let us know, you know, leave your comments, you know, if you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube in the comment section on YouTube and uh, and SoundCloud as well. So we'll catch you guys next time. We out. Peace.